welcome back to Psych Your Life. My name is Marin Mooney and I am your host. On the show we talk about both understanding the psychology of mind, behavior and emotion. So why you are the way you are and why you do the things you do and what you can do to get psyched about your life. So how you can not just survive but thrive in the world we live in. This is something I am deeply passionate about and have dedicated my life to. So if you are looking to take your own healing journey and transformational journey to the next level, please visit my website www.miranmooney.com. And last but not least, I am known to swear on occasion. So if you have people around who you'd rather did not hear swearing, please use your headphones. So let's dive in. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the joys and depressions of social media or how social media is impacting our mental health. You know, when I was a teenager, which actually wasn't that long ago, or in my, in my mind it wasn't that long ago, it's like, anyhow, um, you know, I, we had MSN, um, Facebook had just started out and we use it totally differently to how it is being used today. But we had MySpace and what was it? Bebo was the, the UK uh, social media platform. Anyway, it was nothing like it is today. And I honestly cannot imagine what it would be like now um, as a teenager growing up with these devices and all this connection and all this projections of, of, of people and how we think everyone's living these incredible life or like even like cyberbullying has gone to the next level it's I don't know grateful feeling very very grateful that I wasn't young when all of this was coming and still like however old I am I know how old I am but you know I, I still need to make an effort to, to manage my social media usage and monitor how it's impacting me and and keeping on top of that I know I'm not the only one because I talk to people all the time it's just how addictive these devices are and how we, we we go to them and we use them compulsively or we use them when we're down we go or we lose hours and hours scrolling mindlessly through whatever our social media platform is and look at where the time's gone <laughs> next thing you know like three hours are gone or like especially late at night if you use it at night anyhow I don't need to tell you because you know I know you know if you have a phone you know what it's like it's the love love hate relationship right um but it is it is something we need to understand more because we don't we really don't know the long-term effects of social media or of having these devices of being connected all the time and we're still learning about them how to use them and their impacts you know that they're really enticing right because they feel there's so many feel-good feelings that are released and, and even without that it just gives this feeling of of connection of being connection being connection being connected but the problem is that they're often just these really surface level connections but very few few people feel like they have like real proper connections i talk about this in another episode of how maybe it was like i can't remember when but like maybe 30 years ago they started in the usa they did a study seeing you know how many people people had that how many people people had that um they felt like they could talk to about anything, you know, how many confidence, confidants, uh, every 
an average um, American had. And maybe around, you know, back when the study started, it was an average of three. But today, more people answer zero than any other answer. That's wild. Like, most people feel like there's no one they can go to with anything, no one they can trust with, with anything. And that's a problem. We are social creatures. We need each other. And, and that inevitably leads to feelings of anxiety, feelings of depression, mental health problems, feeling like life is pointless. You know, we, we need each other. And the problem is, is we pick up these devices and they give us that same feeling, that kick of connection, but it isn't actually satisfying our true, real, primal need for connection. It's just an illusion of connection chemical reaction a dopamine hit that that gives us the illusion of connection but it's it's not real i mean i i notice i've i've been monitoring myself and my phone usage and seeing how you know how it impacts me and and what it is what it is that makes me go to it and one of the things i noticed recently is actually i've been picking it up looking for connection I don't know if it's, if I was wondering if it was connected because I was in a in a long distance relationship for a while, and so <laughs> sometimes it felt like I was in a relationship with my phone. I don't know if you're in a, or have ever been in a long distance relationship. You you know what I'm talking about. It's like feels like you're you're having a relationship with your phone. So I was wondered if my the reason why I search for connection, why I pick up my phone searching for connection is residue of that of being used to finding connection on my phone but but I know it's more than that but that's something one of the reasons I know I I turn to my phone is I'm looking for connection and I go and I scroll and I look at other people's lives and what they're doing and I guess it gives some illusion of connection but it's not actual real connection these people don't know that I'm watching their their stories or their posts and seeing what's going on their life it's it's really freaking weird um so I, I encourage actually you to notice if, if you are if you want to do the work and kind of uncover your baggage of around phone usage and maybe using it less or in a more healthy manner is observing what's going on in you when you compulsively go to pick up your phone. Other reasons for me is if, if I'm tired or in a bad mood, I'll, I'll pick up my phone to distract myself. Not good. <laughs> we don't want to. I mean, sometimes we short-term solution can be distraction, but long-term, if you're constantly going to your phone to distract yourself instead of actually facing your problems, you know, those problems aren't going to go where they're going to stay and keep building up and up because you're not dealing with them. So that's the thing with any addiction is getting to the core root of, of what's actually going on. What is it that, that's making you go to your phone? A thing at the moment, or it depends when I release this, maybe COVID will be over <laughs> by the time this episode gets released. But that, that big thing with the COVID is that we lost a lot of human interaction and a lot of more time was began being spent on internet, on Zoom, on our devices, away from people because we were just lacking, totally lacking the people connection. So I think that in itself probably prompted a lot of us to go towards our devices more. And we need to start start connecting the healthy, reconnecting with the healthy connection, the people connection, the nature connection, the all the wonderful connections that we need for to be happy, healthy human beings. Um... But yeah, I mean, it's so funny because, you know, the tech industry 
is the only industry other than the drug industry that refers to its clients as users and not consumers. It's an interesting thing to consider, I think, because we have drug users, but you know, someone who, I don't know, <laughs> nothing's coming to mind, but like, you know, you're, you're a clothes shopper, you're a client, you go to a coach, you're not, you're not their user, you're their client. Whereas with the technology, we're users. It's implied in the frickin' language you use around it. I mean, they're made, these devices are made to be addictive. They, like, they studied it, they were studied and the apps were conti continuously refined to see, okay, how can we get people to use this more? What can we do? How can we change the features so that people use it more, use it more, use it more? They're designed to captivate our attention, which then they go and they sell <laughs> to, to advertisement and people who want to sell you stuff. Um, I mean, these, somebody said to me recently is that these, like social media, like Instagram, it profits off of our feelings of loneliness and inadequacy. And that shit's fucked up, okay? Like, straight up fucked up that there is an industry profiting off of our happiness. I mean, that's consumerism, to be fair. That it actually just goes, like, the old school, the old, and, like, mainstream marketing models to make you, <laughs> to make a problem, make you believe you have a problem, and the only way you can solve your problem is if you buy what they're selling. I mean, it's bullshit. I, I could go into more of that, but I, I could end up ranting for a while. So we'll move forward on how technology is addictive. I mean, it's designed like the way we swipe. It's like designed in the same way we use uh, slot machines. You know, in the movies, you see them slot in the machines. You know, it, it triggers that same um, thing in the brain that, that, that gambling does. And so scientists are saying that using using our devices and being on social media it's like injecting a syringe of dopamine into the brain freaking wild and and then the studies they they looked i think probably cat scans or, or whatever brain scans they showed that using using our phones lights up the same area of the brain as addictive substances it is addictive it is a fact that it's addictive yet it is a socially acceptable addiction because it isn't studied enough and long term we're going to need some regulation on this shit because it's going wild especially like young people who you know the brains are still developing and you know might not understand these concepts as well and they have free use of this it's it's you know i think it's unethical it is unethical <laughs> facts but anyhow I am not um, a lawmaker, a policy maker, any of that, so that is beyond my realm. But what I can focus on is what we can do about it. And I guess the first thing to say is, like, at what point does our phone usage become an addiction? Um, you know, it's, if, if, you know, it becomes compulsive. I think most of us at this stage have an element of that. If it becomes compulsive, excessive, if it gets in the way of the rest of your life, you know, if it distracts you from interacting with people in real life, if it stops you being able to interact with people in real life because you're so used to interacting via the phone, if you're using it to cope with your problems as an escape from solving your real life problems, could be a sign of addiction. If you feel like really up when you're using it and then ex uh, experience withdrawal symptoms and irritation when you're not using it or using it less, could be a sign you're addicted. If it 
you know, if it impacts your social ability, if it makes you more distracted, more insecure. Not quite as strong, but still, it's impacting your mental health. Worth considering. If it's, you know, you're always thinking about it, where your phone is, or like thinking about, about how your life translates to it and stuff. If it's always on your mind, could be a sign of addiction. If you like tolerance, if you find you're needing to use it more and more and more, or you, you know, you start using it more and more, you know, as with any addictive substance, tolerance develops, could be a sign of addiction. And it's just such a problem because it's a socially acceptable addiction. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, you know, sugar, caffeine, alcohol, all socially acceptable drugs, really, because they're all drugs. Hey ho, let's let's stay focused on um, social media. And the thing is, it's not about just using it. It's it's how you use it. You know, if you as I've said, if you're using it as an escape mechanism, etc., etc. And so, you know, it, it's it's as I said, the it's the dopamine. The it's like injecting this dopamine into our, our brain. So what is it that? gives us these dopamine rushes, you know, it's the likes, it's the logging in, it's the, yeah, getting the rewards, those likes, those like buzzes, those follows, it's like, ooh, makes you feel good, makes you feel connected, and it reduces, you know, this illusion of being lonely, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a, it's so obvious, and we all know it, but what are we doing about it? And like besides the addictive element, you know, it's like it just messes with your mental health so much if you're on if you're not conscious about your usage of it, if you're not conscious and mindful of the impact it's having on you. You know, everyone's posting their perfect life, you know, the happy moments. But life, we all know our our life is full of really shitty moments, heartbreak, pain, anger, frustration, disappointment, failure. Who's posting that, huh? I try to occasionally post it, but I post it way less than it actually happens. You know, the vast majority. And the thing is, we all do know this. We all know we're posting the best version of our life and not the shitty stuff. But we don't realize that that's what other people are doing because, you know, visually taking it on surface level, we're just seeing everyone else with these picture-perfect lives. And it's funny, It's there's just so much subconscious chatter that goes on as we're on our devices, like comparing you know, uh, ourselves to others, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out, loneliness, feeling like, yeah, we're inferior, that, you know, that everyone's life is better than ours. And it also, you know, it can make us feel more lonely, it can, in, you know, mess with your sleeping patterns, result in anxiety, depression, bullying, you know, so many, so many negative side effects, right? So, really the question, the real question, the most important question, is what can you do about it? Da -na -na -na. <laughs> what can you do about it, right? I mean, as with any addiction, overcoming any addiction, you know, addiction is the symptom, but the root cause is often something else. It's like usually unhappiness somewhere else in our life, you know, feeling like we don't have connection, feeling like we don't have purpose, or life lacks meaning, you know, feeling unhappy and unsatisfied in our life. So it's actually going out and looking, okay, what can I do and go and do and change in my life to, so that my life, my real life is more fulfilling than my 
the illusionary, <laughs> delusionary phone life. And it's not, you know, as with anything, it's not focusing on what's wrong, but it's focusing, okay, what do I need to bring more in? And it's not beating yourself down for, for having the, for, you know, for not being totally happy in your life. And it's not feeling like, oh, you can't be happy if you aren't where you need to be. But it is like being honest with yourself and doing that to create the life but also just learning learning to love yourself and be happy and fulfilled in where you are because happiness comes from the really simple things in life you know it's like shared moments with loved ones you know time in nature a beautiful sunset a delicious meal you know happiness isn't in the things in the doing it's in the really really simple thing you know helping a stranger you know that feels good helping a friend that feels good so it's it's yeah focusing on the under underlying root cause is you know a big first step and as with you know any other other form of addiction you know changing life circumstances i guess that that ties in and then you come into the the debate of you know abstaining or reducing some people think with addiction abstinence is totally necessary but actually a lot of studies find that aiming for reducing is much more achievable because um it's it's more you know it feels more achievable and also this day and age where we're we're not at a point where anyone's going to disappear where actually people do disappear off siege social media and that is fucking badass um way back when i i disappeared off it for a little while but it still wasn't quite as big so it's not really that great of accomplishment but yeah, like whenever I hear someone who's not on social media, I'm like, hell yeah. You know, what a life you must be living. I mean, they might not be, but it's a, it's, it's freaking dope. And if you can just do it, you're not, unless you're like running a business or something, you're not missing out on jack shit. Okay, I feel like a lot of just swear words just came out of me there. This is enthusiasm, you know? <laughs> so yeah, re- like aiming for reducing is a great goal. Um, and you know mindfulness is always a great practice to help with that you know mindfulness helps to bring really bring awareness to what's going on understanding what's the root cause of things and just helping to make be more conscious in our decisions other things you could do uh, <laughs> take a break is great social media break maybe do it for half a day maybe a day maybe a week maybe a month freaking amazing and like delete the apps off deleting apps off your phone is also a great thing like if you can and just have them on a desktop that you know makes it more difficult to use keeping your phone out of sight and out of reach is a great habit i love i always like um either keep it in a drawer or keep it in another room it's yeah sometimes just seeing it there is really you know results in the compulsion um, making the bedroom a phone-free zone and especially like first hour or two in the morning and last hour or two at night so important I really noticed that having at least an hour in the morning of not a phone makes such a difference in starting my day and I know lots of people have the habit of help using the phone to help them wake up you don't need that okay that is an illusion all you have to do is just get out of bed and leave the room (laughs) slowly slowly or you know start doing some gentle stretches or something but you don't have to use the phone to help you wake up and having yeah it's just 
because like there's so much happens when you log on like you're bombarded with all this information and all these feelings and emotions and you're in such a fragile you know receptive waking up place it's it's not a good time to be in the phone like if you do nothing else at least yeah first hour in the morning and last hour at night because screen time not good for your sleep you know this you know this so take action make your bedroom a no free zone um you know having fixed times is something some people do prioritizing like real life interactions turning off notifications any note i like am all I don't know how notifications notifications come back to me too because I'm always turning off notifications on apps like you don't need most of them the only ones I have notifications on are um like you know iMessage WhatsApp and phone calls probably FaceTime too but you know the really basic ones you like social media i don't get notifications on any of those so then i have the choice when i when i want to go look at them and then i do i have like like fixed social media times where where i go and i check up and same with my emails i have fixed emails times you know you don't need to be responsible for to answering your phone every single message every single hour of the day you know it's you're using it it's not using you you know you know so yeah, I feel very passionate about this because I see, you know, you see it all the time. Just we're all like glued to our faces and I think you can notice it in the way we operate in the world. We go to Google Maps before we go and ask a stranger for directions. There's so much less human to human interactions and it's really sad. I just, and this is just the beginning. So I hope, I really hope we can I take more incentives to to prioritize real human to human heart to heart interaction so yeah if you're not already i really really invite you to do something you know whether it's doing the inner work practicing mindfulness you know taking a social media break having the room as a no phone zone having specific times for social media but really prioritizing real life interactions and getting you know creating a life that you don't feel like you need to run away from getting you know resolving childhood traumas doing that inner work this is really really helpful for helping overcome any any addiction and happiness happiness cannot be achieved when we directly pursue it but it, it comes as a natural byproduct natural byproduct of doing the things we enjoy so do more of those things and the rest will follow <laughs> makes it sound so simple but i know we all we all know that it's not quite that simple but but that is part of it and just remember that social media isn't real everyone's showing their best life it's just not real life it's not at all what real life look like looks like that's just a fraction of real life and there's beauty there's beauty in the in the shitty <laughs> the shitty shitty parts of life too in the sadness and the anger and the frustration the failure feel, feel, and there's beauty in sharing that because we realize that we all go through the same stuff and actually when we hear somebody else going through that we, you know we experience compassion and understanding we don't experience judgment hatred mocking we we care about each other because we know we go through that stuff too so also an invitation to be more real on your platform to show all the sides 
so that we can all remember that all every all of it all emotions are valid and essential parts of the human experience and final notes <laughs> if you aren't convinced yet just some of the negative impacts of social media usage you know they they show can result in higher depression higher anxiety body image issues disordered eating low self-esteem lowered capacity for empathy less compassion towards others feeling more isolated and more all the things i said earlier studies show studies have seen that this stuff is not not the best for us also if you are in the tech industry the the whatever industry that could help with making better policies around holding the social media kings and queens actually they're all kings obviously <laughs> anyway the, all the social media heads more accountable for the effects their products are having on everyone that's that's important work to be doing because it shouldn't be up to us as individuals to, to have to try so hard to escape the addictive tendencies that that um, social media draws out of us of course there it's symptoms of, of other underlying stuff but it, it, it doesn't help that they're so easily accessible and so socially acceptable so whatever can be done to help regulate do it if you're in a position to do so but in the meantime it's up to each and every one of us as individuals to break these addictions, to set boundaries for ourselves and do do inner work. I feel so very grateful for the teachers and experiences I've had that are what make me who I am today. And it really is a pleasure, a privilege and a blessing to be able to share this with you and to create a community around these important and essential values. If you were touched, moved, or found what you heard today helpful, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends who you, you think might also enjoy this. Otherwise, if you want more insight, more wisdom, more resources, or to dive deeper yourself, check out my website or my Instagram page. Let's connect. Keep shining your light. And I'll see you next time.